I'm Ashling Keenan and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast, now in its 12th season and supported by Water Wipes, the number one baby wipe brand in Ireland, made with simply two ingredients and nothing else. When I had my daughter, I wanted something I could trust to use on her skin and Water Wipes were, and still are, the one. I once made the mistake of trying a different brand never again. I did not realise just how much of a difference there could be between two fairly similar brands, but it was huge. My daughter is now two and a half and I panic if I don't have at least one pack of water wipes within line of sight. With that in mind, I'm happy to say this season is supported by that most essential of products for every mum, water wipes. Winners of seven National Parenting Product Awards 2023, including Best Baby Wipes and Best Baby Skincare Essential, they are ideal for delicate newborn skin. Together, we are committed to providing more support for parents with trusted products and this podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Every Mum the Podcast with me, Ashley Keenan. I am your host, as always. And I was joined for today's episode by Kathy Milliken. Kathy is a baby, birth, and postpartum expert in so many different ways. She has trained as a doula. She's trained in breastfeeding counselling. She's a qualified pre and postnatal yoga instructor, among many other things. And yet, with all that experience, she told me that she didn't really know what motherhood would be like in practical terms until she had her children. Three children, all brought into the world very differently, taught her so much that she continues to share with other mothers now through her business, Bump Baby and Me. She's a wealth of knowledge, but is also just a warm and inclusive and understanding voice for anyone who's about to have their first child or about to become a parent for the second or third time, or for someone who's experienced trauma in pregnancy or delivery who just needs someone to talk to. I loved this chat with Kathy. I hope you do too. So, Kathy Milliken, have I pronounced Milliken right? I hope I have. Absolutely. That's the maiden name. That's the work name. And then my husband is always like, um, so yeah, some people know me as Milliken and then Weinman is my other name. But for work purposes, we'll stick with Milliken. It's easy, isn't it? And do you know what? Neither of those are very simple to pronounce. Mm-hmm. So I know, I know, I know. That's why we didn't go for the double barrel. Could you imagine that now with the long two surnames yeah, that are very no. complicated? So we, we just stuck yeah. at, the, at the one. Yeah. And I, I kept my surname as well. But my like, I mean, my, my husband's surname is Murphy. So I mean, Hey. It, it, it it would have been a very simple name to, to yeah, choose, yeah. but I was I was yeah. sticking with Keenan for the moment. So, Kathy, thank you so much for joining me today. First of all, um, on every moment of the podcast, I'm really excited to talk to you. And your background you have you you have so you have so much experience when it comes to I mean you trained as a doula and now you have um baby bump and me and you've so like there's so much there. So for anyone who isn't familiar, maybe do you want to give a bit of intro about your kind of professional background and then maybe your your family setup and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So um I have three kiddies myself. I'm married to Steve and uh we have three kids. We have a Ayla who's eight, I have Robin who is six and I have Jake who is two and 
five months. I'm going to hazard a guess there. Um, you know, when, when you come to your second year or third, you're like, they're in and around that age. And um, when we get to two and a half, I'll have a good grounding. But yeah. And um, so we have two girls and a little boy. And um, before any of my babies came along, before marriage and babies and all of that sort of thing happened, I um, knew that I wanted to work with women and and babies and I had this this yearn um to kind of be involved so much so that I having finished school and went into different colleges and different roles I was going to go back and study midwifery as a mature student and I was really really serious like application forms everything kind of Mm. um, right there in front of me really um I was in a kind of a medical role and they were very supportive of supporting me to go back to do it Mm. and time I think the doors it didn't align I had just bought my first place you know finances were there I was like do I go mm-hmm. back and study what do I do it was a big kind of you know those that those t- take a left turn or take a right turn yeah, um, yeah and I and I didn't I didn't go down the route I didn't go down it for for a few different reasons but I think if I really listened to the the little the little whisper and the little voice within I think that was telling me that I wanted to really be in control of the type of work that I do. I, I wanted to work for myself, if I'm being completely honest. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to cultivate and create something that I had a little bit of control around um, and that I could help women and babies and support them, but in a slightly more you know, supportive role, holistic role. Um, mm-hmm. Our maternity hospitals are there for, for that particular role themselves. And then complementary to that, I was like, what can I do? What, what can I get involved in? And how can I provide a, you know, a secondary service? And I started looking up different things that I, I was interested in wellness and fitness and everything from a very young age. So naturally I went down a yoga route and studied into prenatal yoga, postpartum yoga, mum and baby yoga. Then I went into infant massage, baby massage, um, as it's more commonly known. I did doula studies. I trained as a birth doula, a postpartum doula. Uh, I did breastfeeding counselor training, studies a gentle birth instructor. So everything that I could kind of get my hands to, I was a bit of a kind of a study junkie and a birth junkie for quite a while. And um, now this all happened over the space of me starting to have my children then, but a lot mm. of it was actually done pre-kids. Um, mm. And as much as I would love to say that the quality of what I was giving out and the education and the support I was giving out was really, really good, nothing could could compare to when I had my own children. And when I had gone through the journey of uh, pregnancy, I went through the journey of lots of ups and downs with pregnancy. I um, had different births. I had three very different births. My first birth was a cesarean section because uh, Ayla just was in a complete breach position, nothing we could do or, um, you know, try would shift her. So she was a cesarean, elective cesarean went on to have Robin, who was the most speediest uh, VBAC, vaginal birth after cesarean. She was pretty much born in the hospital, uh, in the ambulance, sorry, outside the hospital. And then I had a home birth birth on Jake. So you couldn't write three different births. And I really feel that that's brought such a depth of experience and knowledge and um, more insight into, I suppose, the journeys that women have through their their pregnancies and then around their birth choices. Um, it's really opened up my mind to, you know, how much is possible when we have mm-hmm. a little bit more support, a little bit more education. And I suppose Bump Baby and Me, the, the business, is it, about that. It's about empowering, giving education to women getting the right other people, onboarding right people to work with me. If I don't have the expertise, I'm finding them, bringing them in with me and we're providing, you know, in-person or online courses. And to just make sure that 
we're looking after our women and our babies and our families as best as we can, you know, in multiple, you know, multidisciplinary roles here in Ireland and, and abroad because because we've, we've gone online, we're getting women from, you know, whether they're Irish living abroad or just women in different countries logging in and joining our courses and our classes. So it's great to see that. It kind of makes you just feel... Do you know what 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 we're doing here is good and, and this yeah, is information yeah. that people want to get a hold of, you know. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, going back to the point of it wasn't until my family started and I started growing fam- and my family and be, be pregnant and having different experiences along the way. And um, did that really put a stamp on the work? I think that Bump Baby Me does and what I could yeah. offer uh, in, yeah. in terms of support to women. Yeah. And do you think so you were saying that your your work really kind of came full circle when obviously you had your own children and you knew what women went through on a practical literal level but do you think that your training so like your doula training and your breastfeeding knowledge and all that kind of stuff that you did pre-babies did Mm. that give you like because I just remember being absolutely terrified like not knowing what was going to happen and not knowing like having never been in the door of a maternity hospital in my life I didn't know anything when I was about to have Lydia And I found myself really nervous and I used to be going to my consultant appointments and kind of almost sitting there like a bold child, you know, and and being like, yeah, of course. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. And just nodding along and saying yes to whatever she told me to do and not really feel I didn't feel empowered. So did all of your training make you feel a little bit more prepped for what what was to come, even though obviously nothing can really prepare you? Yes. Yeah. And exactly. That's the fine line, isn't it? We can give so much information and so much mm-hmm. examples and so much. And as a culture, we love to share our stories. We love to talk. And unfortunately, it's more of the I'm not going to say even negative, but less mm-hmm. positive stories that seem to ring the loudest. They're yes. the stories that women pull from. They're the stories that we then compare, oh, well, if that's happened to her, chances are it could happen to me. And we we kind of hold association with them as opposed to really drawing a wee line and saying, my birth hasn't happened yet. My story has yet to be told. I have so much within, you know, my, my, my own grasp that I can shape this a little bit, that I can shape it in a way that it can be the most positive experience. And, you know, I know the words birth plans, birth preferences, they're thrown, uh, the, the term is thrown around a lot. And a lot of people would kind of roll their eyes when they hear it. A lot of people wouldn't. A lot of people would be like, it was the best thing I ever did prior to my baby's birth. And it's not because we want women to go in there shaking a contract per se to be like this is how it's going to go and you know staff going okay they're right this is definitely your first baby is it you know yeah, this yeah, time, yeah. <laughs> it's it's more the fact that when you've put in a bit of groundwork to get to the point that you're able to put pen to paper and actually you know navigate what it is that you really would like to happen that's why I always push out the term of birth plan and bring in birth preferences because it's really important in everything in life we have preferences what we have for breakfast I have a preference as to what I would like this morning what car we might buy um on on, when we're changing a car we do our research we look at what our preference for our next car would be what is the features that we would like so in every walk of life we have preferences and my god your birth is a day that you will never ever 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 forget why wouldn't you have a voice? Why wouldn't you have, you know, the knowledge on board to make your preferences known to the people that are supporting you? They are there to make your experience as best as it can be. So never feel that your voice is not important enough. Never feel that you are not part of the conversation as opposed to you saying being talked to and, yes, and not yeah. at all. And that is all too common. 
We're getting so much better, uh, I believe, in our care, in our care providers and our consultants, our midwives. There is more of a, you know, inclusivity. They're, they're, they're listening to us more. They're wanting to know where we're at with, with this as opposed to mm-hmm. coming in, being talked to, here's your chart and out you go the door. And yeah. then your mind is reeling. You're like, I didn't get to ask them this. I didn't get to ask yeah, them that. That happened to me so many times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you, you're you're up to be, you're unknown to yourself. Your anxiety mm. levels are high. You're wanting mm-hmm. to hear everything's okay with that baby. You're you're not even considering your own thoughts, needs, and questions. Really, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's nice to, if you can, have somebody to going into those appointments with you. That other little voice to advocate if you've lost yours momentarily. And um, and I suppose my role and my training as a doula would really hammer that home as well about your voice about your importance of being included about even if the preferences and the plans go a little bit this way mm-hmm. we're okay because we've actually thought about that already and we know maybe what you know plan b and c and d could potentially hold for us and we're okay now that they're pr- proposing that to us i know enough about that to be okay and not panic when mm-hmm. we th- when things are thrown at us in pregnancy and birth that we, we know nothing about it absolutely gets your back you have no mm-hmm. idea adrenaline starts to kick in you know that little flight or flight uh, gets thrown in as well and no wonder you know you panic a little bit so mm-hmm. I, I that's a big part of the classes antenatally that we do and my very my last night I was teaching a pregnancy yoga class and that came up a lot um, and does come up a lot about um, having a voice and being and being confident and comfortable when you're going into your maternity setting whoever you're seeing your midwives your consultants and um, whether it's a home birth your midwives at home just mm-hmm. being able to know this is my time for my appointment, no matter how many women are outside, I'm not going to feel rushed. We feel like it's a little bit of a conveyor belt sometimes within the hospital setting. I feel that it's a little bit of an inconvenience that I'm stopping the consultant or, or doctor to ask my questions because I know how many are outside. But really know that, you know, this is uh, this is your 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 journey until your baby's birth. And all of these little parts play a big part in the overall processing of it how we look back on it when we've had our babies, when we're in that nice fourth trimester, how the brain works, how we reflect back on birth. Um, and there's lots in that. And what we do in prep can really play a part of how things process and how things play out after babies are in our arms safely, hopefully. Like I, when I think back, I mean, I did prepare, but I kind of prepared from a practical perspective rather than from a, like an emotional or a mental perspective. Like I was very prepared with her, like her bedroom and her clothes and I had washed yeah. everything and I had done you know all those kind of very practical things that they tell you to do but I, I always say like I feel like the delivery or the birth of Lydia happened to me I don't feel like you know I, do you know what I'm saying like I feel like it was just something that happened to me I don't feel like I had any um say in how it all went and to okay. be fair I had uh I was just gearing up for a kind of regular vaginal delivery mm. and I was diagnosed with preeclampsia really late so which is great but like it was her I was 38 and a half weeks and or 38 weeks and so I ended up having a cesarean section and it was it wasn't something I had looked into because it wasn't something that I thought would happen for whatever reason yeah and I just remember then from that, from the moment I was told I had preeclampsia and again, preeclampsia was something I'd kind of heard of, but I wasn't really sure what it was. And from the moment I, I heard that I had that, I just felt lost from that, from that moment on. And I really think that that affected my time in, in hospital and my 
postpartum experience and the, the hormones and the emotions and all that kind of stuff. So I, I love that your kind of focus at the moment in particular is on the mental and physical health of the of like the postpartum period. So like kind of like the fourth trimester, yeah. the fourth trimester wasn't even something I had heard of until I was in it. Mm. So for anyone who's listening, who might be expecting their first child, mm-hmm. like I almost want to say, tell them what to expect because, and, and you never, you never know how your postpartum period is yeah. going to go. Yeah, but, but I feel like had I been aware of the the magnitude of what that was going to be, I would have, I would have done something about it beforehand to prepare yeah. myself. Yeah. So what yeah. do you tell people who are expecting the first child and how do yeah. you get, how do you convey to them that fourth trimester and how, you know brilliant but insane but fantastic but awful it is yeah exactly it's kind of beautiful chaos Mm. I think that's a really good term to put on it because until you're in the thicks of it and the depths of it you don't really um you don't really see it for what it is and even if you have friends family that have had babies and you've seen it on the outside you're only seeing that teeny tiny piece of it right until you're physically in it yourself and like that anyway your journey is going to be different to somebody else's your experience is going to be different your setup is different Um, and how you process is different as well each and every individual woman and and family Um, and that is why I do talk you know I, I think sometimes women are coming down in my pregnancy classes going why is she banging on about when the baby comes along and this and this and this I'm here to do my breathing and, and use my stretches and like know what to expect in hospital or, or whatever, you know, during labor. I think it would be unfair of me not to delve into postpartum, you know, worlds um, with these women because I want part of the prep and support that I offer them. I want that to go beyond it. I see them back postnatally and I want them nearly to be able to come into me and go, you weren't wrong or thank you for mentioning that or thank you for you know you know sending that email with those links and and that information to me or giving me that person's number I needed them by week two whatever it is because I really feel something that I think I caught up in my head and so I'm not going to give too much information about it now because it's still always in the back of my head as to what I want to do uh, and kind of cultivate and create and but it is around that area of that first three-ish months after a baby comes along and what you, you touched on there, the fourth trimester. So we are very focused on getting through our first trimester, getting pregnant. Obviously, we have different fertility journeys and things like that and the, the journey to becoming pregnant. But when we are pregnant, then our first, our second and our third trimester, and there's massive focus put on that and what we can do throughout the different ones and all of that sort of thing. And then obviously the birth. Um, and then it's kind of like all about, you know, we've been nurtured through our pregnancy. We feel quite special, some of us, through the pregnancy. It's about the mom. And we're carrying this gorgeous, sacred little baby, of course. And then when baby comes along and we're thrown into the soreness, the uncomfortable situations, the not knowing, the wonder, the am I doing this right? The un- complete unknown territory. So a lot of us. For, for our for, for our experiences, the focus just then immediately goes to this gorgeous little baby. And you feel like you're a little bit of a bystander mm-hmm. and just back here in, in the background, you know, trying to survive. Um, yeah, yeah. And the focus has shifted from you. You've been quite used to during the pregnancy. Not that we're like, you know, oh, in the spotlight and loving it. But I just mean the love, the support, the the knowing what's going on within your body and, you know, being in connection with that, you know, for, for the most part. 
and now not having any connection with your body. Postpartum bodies can feel very alien to, to some women. And, um, you know, you're you're dealing with the onslaught of hormone. The what am I doing with this baby? Why are they waking up six times a night? Is this normal? Am I not doing something right? You name it. You've questioned yourself about it, you know, especially yeah. Yeah. and I'm not going to single out, you know, first time mums, because this may be somebody's experience. What I'm talking and we're talking about now on their second, maybe their first was a little bit plain sailing. Maybe they have a very different, uh, you know, experience on a second baby, very different baby. And the demands are totally different. So I'm not going to just classify it as, you know, first time mums listening to this because maybe, you know, it's just a shocking, you know, stark um, difference in your second or your third yeah. experience. And that's fine mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. But what that is, is baby is getting to grips in the, in the first in the first couple of months from womb world to real world. And that experience and that shock for them alone is massive. And all they've known, all their wants and all their needs, obviously, we know have been completely met while they've been, you know, within you. They've never had to signal for for hunger, for for I'm cold, for I'm wet, I'm feeling uncomfortable. So all of these, they're fiercely learning their own little cues and their own little ways communication. We're figuring out what the cries mean. What do they mean? We go nearly through your checklist. <clears throat> you've been fed. You've had your nappy changed. I have you warm. We've been bouncing here for the last 25 minutes. Like, what else is it? You know, and you can rack your brains. And sometimes it's just that they want to be on you. And if I have been asked once, I've been asked a hundred times, they're only happy when they're on me. Why is that? Why can't I put them down? And again, I try to shift it away from the question being asked by the mum or the dad or mm -hmm. whoever it is saying, but society has told us that these little babies should be able to go into their fancy co-sleepers or go into their lovely Moses baskets and, and they should be content. They should be self-soothing. What age are they now? We need to listen to what narrative we're taking on board and what who we're listening to, what sources are we getting our information from? Because it really is very dependent on where we're reading our information, who's behind, who's in our ear, who's telling us that, oh, by that age, they should be doing that. And, um, you know, is it somebody with an educated background? Is it somebody that you trust, that you know? And not that I'm saying you have to take everybody, you know, your, your midwife, your public health nurse, your GP, whoever it is. It can be your sister that gives you the best advice at the end of the day, or it can be a friend. But I mean, when you're maybe looking up your resources, just making sure that you're landing on really reputable um, sites that fit with your values as a parent. If you mm -hmm. don't want to yeah. do something with your baby, yet you're on a site that's telling you this, this, this is how it should go. You should be picking them up at this point, putting them down at this point, feeding them at this point. If that doesn't go with your, you know, your your groove in your day or what fits your, your family and your own values, your core, what's, what, what is that little whisper again that we spoke about? What is it telling you that you need to do for your baby? If it doesn't fit with that, it doesn't fit for now, yeah. for now. Yeah. Not that it won't, but for now. So getting mom to really listen to her own gut and um, to feel like you're the expert in your own baby, even though you feel like you don't know anything, you don't have a clue. It's a really normal feeling. And again, just two weeks ago, a mum kept, um, before she spoke, she kept saying, now I know nothing about babies, but, and I just spoke to her quietly at the end of the class. And I said, can you do me a favour? You know, the way you keep saying you know nothing about babies. And she was laughing. And I said, you are, you're an expert in this little baby right here. Prior to having a baby, you may feel that you don't know anything about babies, but who does until they have their first? I said, now you're nine, 10 weeks in, you are an absolute expert. You know more about this baby than I do, than she does, than the doctor does, than your public health nurse does. I said, do you realize that? 
And it took her a second just to, to for it to sit with her. And it was like, talk about just empowering somebody with just words. She literally went out taller, went out more confident, got a lovely little message and email from her later on. Um, and it shows the power of our language. It shows the power of the words that are used to our mums, our women in society and what's being told to us and the effect, profound effect that that has on, on them. So if I can make a small dent in that by bigging our mommies up in class and really letting them know that um, they really know more than, than they give themselves credit for. They are doing so much better than they think they are. Uh, and that's what it is about, just really cocooning them within those first couple of weeks and months of having their babies. Obviously, the classes and the sessions that I offer go way beyond. We're talking into school-age children. But for our conversation today, the, the, the I suppose the services and the classes that we offer um on, on the younger side of it is getting the mums down when these babies are a couple of weeks old and trying to shape how they how they view and how they think about things and their confidence then going forward as as babies um, get a little bit older. But yeah, that those first three months after having a baby when everything is topsy-turvy, everything is up in the air um, and we could absolutely touch on something like, like a my, my PPP, my postpartum plan, as much as birth plans and birth um, preferences are important, so is that. And so is it. If you're listening here and you have a baby on the way, sit down with who's in your house with you. Um, or if you are expecting a baby by yourself, who is the support network? You can maybe pull in a little bit. Um, life is going to keep going on. So now you have a baby in the mix. Who's looking after those different things that have to happen on a daily basis? Is it all you? can't be so who's it going to be what can you do to make life a little bit easier for yourself uh, and we could speak about that all day long about the little yeah. tiny tweaks that we could put in and um, to, to make life a little bit easier in those first couple of weeks and months because that's all it takes to really give you get you off to a great start and start the experience well this podcast is just one way that every mum supports you Another amazing way is our free gift bag, packed full of essentials for you and baby, including free samples of water wipes, the number one baby wipe in Ireland. To receive yours, register now on everymum.ie. There's a free gift bag there waiting for every mum. I don't feel like I started the experience well at all because, you know, it was... And I, I sometimes I find when I'm talking to friends, I don't know if you find this sometimes, but like... I had a really difficult kind of, particularly the first three weeks. I remember I was crying mm. all day, every day, basically for 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 no reason and for for every different reason. reasons, yeah. every reason. And it was really hard, and I was really lost, and I I was doubting myself, and I was, I, I frankly, and and kind of like you said about you know the focus all goes to the baby, and everyone is delighted that mm. you have the baby, and it's almost like. Oh, well, the hard part's over now. You've delivered the baby. You've grown her for nine months and she's here and isn't everything wonderful? And you're kind of like, like, I, I, I'll be honest, I had a really difficult pregnancy, but I found the postpartum period almost more difficult, particularly in those first couple of months. And sometimes when when I when there's a friend or, or family member or anyone really who is pregnant and is I almost feel like I have to warn them, like, look, this yeah. pregnancy is tough and, and whatever and the delivery is going to be what it is but but the first four weeks or the first few weeks whatever like that's really difficult and just know I almost feel like I need to warn them but then I also speak to people who didn't have a really horrendous mm. po postpartum period and I'm kind of like 
do I, you know, when I meet someone who's pregnant, do I warn them? Do I say to them, listen, the first few weeks can be absolute chaos and hell and you'll be, you'll be so emotional and you'll be this and that. Or should I just be like, like, I I want to warn them, but I also don't want to scare them. And I also don't want to warn them and for that not to be their experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what, like, what do you do? Like, you know, I'm always trying to find the line between preparing someone and Mm. being kind and being like, look, if you need me, I'm there, but I don't want to be like terrifying them. Yeah. There is definitely a fine line, isn't there? Between, between not letting people mosey on into this completely unaware and yes, yeah and I think and I think there is enough out there for people to get a sense of this this is not going to be completely plain sailing you know there's mm. going to be obstacles in the way and I think rather than giving pure personal examples what works for me is thankfully I'm in a position to have collectively got so many stories um, course, and some yeah. positive stories from women yes, which is amazing yeah. Uh, and that is what I like to share alongside with the let's not go into this either with little kind of rose tinted glasses, figuring out that, you know, speaking about birth prep, that we're just going to breathe and, you know, we're going to focus. Like I bring in a lot of strength work into my classes because I'm like, this is this is a wild ride. You know, we want you to be prepared. I want you to be feeling strong and I want you to be feeling physically able for this journey that you're going into. Whether that be your planning vaginal birth or cesarean birth or whatever it is, all of the work together plays a massive part. And so I definitely don't um, pussyfoot around the reality of it. I really don't. I don't like I say it's a disservice if I do. And yet I am certainly not going in there with a big you know, negative Nelly hat and me saying, well, let me tell you, ladies, what's ahead of you, because that does nobody uh, yes. any, any any good. And what I what I always likened it to as well, when, when I have a lot of women that are coming in, obviously, with lots of different things attached to their version of what birth might be like, they might have heard things from their family, their their cousin, their sister, their mum, mum's own birth stories. You know, you've got all of this filtering in and, and, and what we're seeing in the media, what we learn about birth from the media is so distorted. You've got all these programs that are displaying birth and you might have one little flicker of a great story and then everything else is drama and that's what yeah, we yeah. are picking up that's at. what we're taking in the whole that's time what yeah. we're taking in sure that's what's happening in every hospital room all over the country that's what that's what's processing in our head and I always kind of say to them as maybe we're coming down into a like nice little relaxation in our class and I do relaxation even with babies in the room and um, I want mums to, to to really figure out it doesn't have to be all or nothing it doesn't have to be when babies are asleep now I get my time and I can sit back and close my eyes and do my few minutes of breathing I'm giving them coping strategies and tools to be like you have your baby in your arms how are you regulating yourself how are you regulating yourself when your baby's up to 90 screaming in your ear what can we do together and we're going through different methods like that in classes as well so obviously in pregnancy yoga babies are tucked inside and we do have that lovely quiet and space and time and I always just say to them remember those thoughts floating around your head are simply a just thoughts are they fact? Challenge it a little bit. Are they fact? Are they absolute? Is absolutely certain what's going to happen to you? If it's not, it's a thought and you let the thought fly by. You don't grab onto it. You don't hold onto it. It's one of those lovely transient thoughts that come and go. And if you constantly keep coming back to that way of thinking, a more negative way of thinking, literally back to the remote control in your hand, watching the telly, you're looking at something It's not agreeing with you. You don't like it. You simply pick up your remote control, you press the button, you change your channel. And 
who's telling you to keep on going back and pressing that button and going back to that channel with the things that you didn't want to watch similarly to your thoughts if those thoughts keep coming around all I want you to do is just think about picking up the remote control pressing a button and changing the channel and you bring yourself just to oh but what if it all goes okay so not the what if this happens what if that happens channel number seven what if that happens channel number five what if that happens you're boom on channel one what if it all goes okay? Because like I said at the start, your story has not been written before. Why are you preempting? Why are you putting these little droplets and thoughts into that could happen, that could happen, that could happen? What if you challenge them gently and just what if what if it all goes right? What if I feel well with the stuff that I'm preparing for, the classes that I'm attending, the things that I'm reading, the information I'm feeding myself with and the voice that that that's louder here. What if that's a little bit more positive? Um, and I think when you have education on board, you do feel more prepared. I think if you're just winging it, yeah, you're a little bit like, oh, I don't know. Somebody else is going to tell me what to do because they're the ex expert and I'm not. And um, when we're coming to birth or when we're coming to mothering our babies. But why not give yourself some information so that you feel a little bit more empowered that you feel a little bit more in control and I think it boils down to that doesn't it feeling a little bit more in control when you feel like you're on just I don't know what just getting spun around no no answers you don't know you know right from wrong you're left for your right you, your head mm -hmm. is in a mess I think when you can kind of just bring it all back in focus back in on the here and the now what's important now not getting overwhelmed with everything else that needs to be done and other people kind of at you what needs to be done now um, and that is one that has stuck with me forever um, win is the the acronym so what's important now it doesn't matter about tomorrow the next day the next day especially with a little baby in your arms don't be worrying about oh my god if we're doing this this week what's you going to be like in another week's time you don't know that you've got no answer to that question so don't worry your headspace and your breath on it just come back to now you know what does she need or he need what do I need let's service that first and then we'll build on the stepping stones then we're going to get to next day and next day after that but just being in the moment and you know yourself when you have a new baby and a little baby at home and even up to toddler years it's every day at a time you know it really is mm -hmm. it's about just one foot in, in front of the other navigating it as best you can and not having the expectations too high that would be that would be a big one for me as well yeah I think the way you were saying that, you know, to be prepared and to have all the information to hand and to kind of do your research and all that kind of stuff, there's obviously you can do all that and then it can go completely differently, which is mm. fine. And, you know, it can it can everything that you've worked towards or like I, I remember, you know, doing I did hypnobirthing and I did yeah. all this kind of stuff. I was really working on my breathing. I was going to lots. I was exercising a lot to be able to, to you know, yeah endure a delivery and then obviously it didn't it didn't go that way and I very much felt at the mercy of the, yeah. the medical professionals um and I it, I did trust them I, mm -hmm. I have to say I, I did I wasn't I wasn't concerned from that perspective but I think because it it was almost like it was a surprise to me how it all went and I know yeah. that a lot of people that I've spoken to, a lot of, you know, friends, family, people online who I've mm -hmm. chatted to about, about their births. If if your birth kind of not even doesn't go well, like my birth went fine, like my delivery was was grand and I had a very straightforward cesarean and I, I recovered well, relatively yeah. speaking, physically speaking, I should say. Mm -hmm. It kind of a lot of people I talk to are just feel like the, the control that they thought they might have is taken out of their hands. Yeah. And 
that started them off on a kind of not negative path but on the back foot they felt on the back foot exactly Exactly. and I I think you know having a setup where you know or or even classes like you do Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks in to have a Lydia or to for a couple of weeks in to friends of mine who've had babies would have really been helpful to go Mm -hmm. and to have conversations with other mothers even if your birth story is completely different which 90% of the time it is Mm -hmm. would have been really helpful do you find obviously you lead the classes but do you find that the other mothers get support and encouragement from each other's experiences and and just witnessing other ways that things can happen yeah yeah and you will see the most quietest of mums you know Mm. that have few and far you know words to say at the start yeah by a couple of weeks in are sharing so much are opening Mm. up are feeling so much better and you know one thing that'll always stick with me a couple of years back a mum just while I was tidying up came to me and she just was like thank you and we were wrapping up that particular course in term and I was like no problem at all it was a pleasure to have you and your little your little baby little boy Uh, and she said no thank you you have no idea the profound effect that this has had not only on me but you know, other women that come down to these classes and people talk about finding a village and finding your your support people after you have a baby. She said, I have no um, friends at the moment having babies. And although they can sympathize a little bit with what I'm going through, they they don't know it. They don't feel it. And um, when I come down to these classes and we stick around for our tea and our coffee afterwards, it's like, this is my tribe. This is my village. And without classes like this and not talking about saying my classes, sorry. I mean, you know, nationwide where people are providing these spaces to come down for women to come down. And um, it opens up so much more than what the class, what the label on the class says. There is way more, it goes so much more, more deep. And that's what I say. Like, I'm only up here facil- facilitating the class. You're making the magic happen, you know, between the vulnerability and the the uh, the willing and openness that some women give in the classes. It just spurs others on to, to, to also know, oh, this is actually a place where I can do this. I'm not just coming down to mm. rub my baby or get some tips off Kathy or whatever. It's I hold a space like I really do. And that's why I try mm. to. And let women know from the from the get go if you're if you're comfortable and, you know, nothing more goes beyond this room. It's our conversations. It's Mm -hmm. your conversations. It's sacred. And and we're here to talk about that because debriefing a birth is incredibly important. And I think it is a service that is not given enough um, light in Ireland. Like I know a couple of women through. Uh, doula contacts um, who do these services where you can do maybe an online session, you can go through uh, what happened, how it happened, why do you think it happened? Um, maybe there's no rhyme or reason why it did, but you just need to talk about it. Uh, you can't keep things like that inside. And certainly, you know, from down the road, you're, you could be talking maybe two or three years down the road as maybe you get pregnant again and you're holding on to an awful lot of that stuff going into your next pregnancy and birth maybe you don't have more children and maybe it's 5 10 15 years when certain things that happen rear their head and has a complete knock-on effect of other things happening in life um as i said we wear this day for the rest of our life you know we wear our baby's birthday it shapes a lot of what happens and who we are as mums and, and and women um and i just think we that particular service that little 
not little. It's 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 pretty profound. It's pretty huge. But that service of being giving women space to speak about and to debrief. And I know hospitals offer it a very limited, you know, um, time, I suppose, for going over your birth. And but it's kind of like chart is shut, case closed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of. It, you know? it doesn't feel it does. It feels more of a kind of a medical and technical review than than yeah. a, an emotional, yeah, emotional review if you like and look, yeah. we have great we've got nurture we've got some great mm-hmm. charities that are doing great work for women and you know but I do feel again not so much like that there's a stigma attached to it but women feel like oh I need to be really um you know bad here for me to be mm-hmm. able to ever reach out to yes, these types yeah, of yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's actually not you know yeah. they, they could be a one-time conversation and um, I know some of the health insurers now have kind of nurse lines and things like that so there's midwifery mid, mid, mid led lines and um, whether that's a service that we could be looking at that that do we just stop because I'm not pregnant anymore or could I pick up the phone and have a chat with, you know, something that's really bothering me? But also we've got fab, you know, um, psychotherapists and um, there, there's lots of amazing counsellors out there. Maybe it's one or two sessions that, you know, feel, do you know what? I could absolutely do with going to one of those just to speak about my experience and to once we speak about it we figure things out ourselves we're not looking for somebody to solve things for us all the time it's actually about having again that space that we can open up and chat about it and if again anyone's listening to this kind of going god I, I actually could do with that please don't feel that you don't warrant it please don't feel that um, but sure, why would I be going to to do that? Every every like everyone I talk to has some sort of a you know hard experience, or that's just it. That's just normal. It's mm. common. It's not normal to feel that way and have that residual effect of you know a negative effect after having a baby. That mm. that can be solved. That can there can be something that can be done there. So please, if you are you know somebody that might feel that way, please always know that there's that there's somebody that you can go and chat to. And my DMs are always open. My Instagram page, I have lots of messages coming in from women, and I would hope that I'm pointing them in the right directions as well. Yeah. If it's not something yeah. I can help with, but you know our mental emotional well being after having a baby is massive um yeah. we're making little inroads into it there's a lot more to be done yeah and likewise just to say i mean i, I get lots of dms anyway from from parents to be or um people who are you know going through the toddler years or whatever the challenge might be my dms yeah. are also always open yeah. um and i know the team at every mom like mm. always you get dms and they're incredible people as well so um yeah. do chat to us if ever you need it but mm. what you were saying about uh, feeling like your birth wasn't quote unquote bad enough to warrant a birth review I wasn't even offered a birth review because I think uh, people see cesarean sections as you know that there was no you know there was no Vantus was issued at this time and the the epidural happened at this time and then this took four hours and this took eight hours like it's all very straightforward in a sense from a kind of a medical perspective like I walked into the room they lay me on the thing and I had that you know mm-hmm. but like I would really like that I think um yeah. and yeah. I also would have really enjoyed and I was good this is not enjoyed I think enjoyed is probably the wrong word but I I wanted to ask about kind of trauma and yeah. how you how you would advise someone to deal with trauma from a previous pregnancy or birth yeah going forward into another yeah. pregnancy because yeah. for me my delivery, like I said, was was straightforward and fine and I recovered well. And that's not to say it wasn't absolutely terrifying. And, you know, being in a medical setting like that was really scary for me. And uh, 
you know, not knowing what to expect and and the recovery was painful, but fine. I was quite lucky in, in that regard. But I had a really, really traumatic pregnancy as anyone who has listened to the to episodes of the podcast will probably know. I had um, hyperemesis and then I got preeclampsia. So I was really unwell um, yeah. all the way through my pregnancy, basically. Mm-hmm. To the extent that I was, I lost a lot of weight and I was being sick multiple times every day like when I say multiple times I mean 10 11 12 times with another layer of something else going on all the time it was it was just awful and genuinely this is what I'm interested to know because I the the only barrier to me having another baby at the moment is the trauma of my pregnancy and so if someone comes to you and says I'm you know this pregnancy is is like the issue of pregnancy is yeah. such a trauma for me or my birth was such a trauma how yeah. how do you help or or can you help someone through yeah the you know because I kind of feel like it's inevitable that I would have hyperemesis again I don't know why mm-hmm. I just feel like it's inevitable that that would happen to me again and I would have another yeah. really bad pregnancy yeah I how, do you, how do you help from people our, from our own conversations between myself and the and, and the woman for sure, we would see what we can uncover that way. Um, mm. And I've been lucky enough to touch on, you know, counselling methods and all this type of thing throughout my various different, I suppose, courses and studies. However, you know, like I said, you know, go, going to a, a professional, um, there is people that are more um, involved in and experienced in kind of, you know, the birth world. And um, so although they would be counsellors or maybe psychotherapists in, in certain disciplines, they also have an interest in women's health. And um, I would like to, and something that I want to look up for, for myself, because I'm not 100% sure on the time frame, but say if you had planned or were planning a pregnancy back in and going to the hospital or not even the same maternity hospital, surely that there's scope there for a review and for a meeting. Maybe you don't have to go back to your own consultant, but there there should be within the teams there. Um, I know that there is a lot of... Um, what is the term that they use? I know different hospitals have different ones, but there there is teams that you can go back and you can hold a meeting with and you can just lay it out that these are my stumbling blocks. These are my challenges that I feel I'm facing. Should I go on and have another pregnancy? For women that have, you know, emotional or mental difficulties throughout pregnancy, they are supported by some of these teams and these doctors within the hospital. So I don't see why there should be a line, a line drawn for, for a subsequent pregnancy because that is a big for some women and it's a big consideration whether we go for number two or three or even consider trying because I don't know can I put myself through that and to the point where it might it might be enough to make your decision for you that you aren't but I feel if again that little niggle down down within you is saying but but I would like to there's something there that I would still like to then get curious with it and look to where you can make these appointments these reviews and whether it is say an independent or standalone uh, professional that you can go and talk to is it back to into a maternity hospital setting and again like uh, doula care Ireland or one of the associations here in Ireland that have a real vast array of different doulas with different disciplines Um, and I know some of them have really good training in birth debrief so you could go on and you can debrief what went on and they can I really think help you reshape what's happened because you have your own version and that is the true story because it happened to you but when you air it and when you speak about it it's amazing what somebody else's take on it and when they kind of play it back to you you're like oh my 
I didn't I didn't realize actually that's what what was happening or how that that is how I felt I, I, when I spoke about it in my head it didn't seem like that and it's incredible the power of just conversation with somebody that is completely invested in that birth space that gets it that can give you back some valid points beautiful you know support because that's what we need when we're opening up these type of conversations and and it could be a full circle moment where you come back to going okay I've dealt with this this is in its little box this is in its little box going to work a little bit on this I'm going to get curious about this and then you're in a very different place a very different kind of you know um position to maybe make a decision based on you've dealt with the stuff you're not making a decision based on the what's and ifs you know yeah and I think like I was just thinking there like my own pregnancy and delivery were kind of running through my mind there as I was listening yeah. to you and like it's it's such it's such a haze as it is I mean aside from the fact that you might not necessarily know exactly what the medical steps being taken are or whatever if you're you know if you've if you've delivered a baby recently you'll know that all sorts can go on and you could be looking at different charts and different machines or different different members of staff coming in and out and for the for the majority like people are they might be on pain medication you might be using gas and air you might be lying down on a plinth in a cesarean section surgery room not knowing who's there and who isn't like you you, I I didn't have a clue what was going on I was so focused and yet not I was focused but not really yeah no and like I have flashbacks now of of things that I know happened you know and I Mm -hmm. and I have little kind of vignettes of I remember Mm -hmm. being there and I remember being there but in general uh, it's complete haze and I I think you know we're a birth review if I had known it was a thing yeah. I yeah. would have I would have availed of it at the time yeah um, but it's and, I, and I didn't well you know it's not too late for anyone like that like yourself mm. if you're kind of going okay that was two years ago or three years ago but if it is a barrier if it's something that's still there within you that you have certain um you know fears or anxieties around that yeah. this may happen again or whatever it's never too late to as mm-hmm. i said look at to where can i open up about this who can i speak to um, and like that if you know anyone needs me to send them any information on that get in touch with me through the website or through instagram and um, you might pop up some of the contact details just in case will, anything yeah, of course yeah needs that and there's always there's always a little route you're never by yourself I know some days it can feel really insecure and really that you are the only one experiencing this and that's the power and the beauty of chats like this and podcasts like this to open up the conversations around these topics a lot more because um we need it we need we need to hear what's happening and what's going on for other people other women and families and babies Mm -hmm. and to know oh my god okay not the only one and that's a really important thing yeah I one last thing before I let you go I when Lydia was little and I know a lot of parents uh will have done these types of things with their children um I went to clap handies class so Mm -hmm. it's this it's a mommy and baby group or a daddy and baby group or a Mm -hmm. granny and baby group where you know you bring your baby along and you sit around in a circle and do songs and dances and all sorts and now at this stage Lydia is you know she's two and a half coming up on three and she goes and they it's chaos and they all dance around and sing, <laughs> yeah. and do you know but I had been going to those since she was I think she was six weeks when I brought her to the first uh-huh. one and a clap handies is phenomenal like I found it brilliant and um and I you know as she got older the more she got out of it obviously but when she was six weeks old the reason that I went there was because I was lonely and <laughs> I wanted something to pass the morning like literally I was just looking at my day in blocks of time yeah Yeah. and 
I also wanted to speak to other mothers of mm-hmm. of babies the same age or close to close to the same age. And we went along and we were all sitting in the circle and we were sitting, I mean, feet from each other, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it was. The the babies were kind of they were kind of too young to really engage. Like obviously they were looking at black and white shapes, and you know they were doing all all the things that apply to a six week old or an eight week yeah. old or whatever. But I desperately wanted the the like group leader to say at the end, okay, now we're going to go around a circle and we're going to talk about yeah. you know how our day was or how what's what's challenging us this week or mm. how our babies are feeding or how our babies are sleeping. And I want I I really wanted the a, a forum to kind yeah. of share what I was going through and also to hear what other people were yeah. going through, so it yeah. would make me feel less lonely. Yeah. And that didn't happen because. It was all about the babies, and I—that's not—that's not a negative thing. The class was about the babies, yeah. Yeah. but it. Do you find that mothers benefit? So it sounds like in your classes that that sort of interaction does happen. Do you find that mothers benefit from that? You know, not necessarily hearing from quote unquote an expert or someone yeah. who's guiding the class, but rather yeah. just hearing from each other. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like I think the what my classes are standing on the foundation is connection it's it's community um and i run my in-person classes here in malahide in north county dublin and i don't think i could go down the street really in our village like in malahide village without knowing at least like five or six mums along the way pushing a buggy they'll have been in my class i'll have seen them through their pregnancy and and you know my friends might be with me or we might be i don't know grabbing a coffee or whatever and they're like so how many people do you know in this coffee shop and they'll be like oh that's lovely i remember her and i remember and it's, that's what it is. It's community. And yes, we live in a beautiful, like Malahide is a gorgeous community. Where I'm very, I feel very privileged to, to have my classes here where I live um, and have that lovely sense of community happening. But connection is absolutely what 99.9% of parents need after having a baby. And I know we're speaking and focusing on, on the moms and, and because that wild ride and journey through motherhood is mad. Uh, and to have co-pilots around you, um, you know, navigating that with you is really, really special. And they lead the classes. Actually, it's baby-led. So baby babies lead the classes and we get as much done as we can do. And there's, there's laughs and there's giggles, there's tears everything it comes part and parcel of the sessions uh with us here and that's what bump baby and me is about really um but as i said we focus on the mums but uh from time to time i run dad classes where dads get to bring their babies down generally on a weekend which is a little bit more accessible for dads mums get to have some time off again quote unquote and but to do what they like and then the dads get a chance to come down and be shoulder to shoulder with other guys and I was blown away by the openness and the camaraderie and the crack in the last dad's class that we had one or two of them can be a little bit more um I suppose stiff at the start because men are not so much used to coming into a space where they're all bundled in together and they're all handling the babies and trying you know to keep the baby comfortable and okay and not crying there's a lot going on but in that last session that we held a couple of weeks ago um Oh, there was just like handshakes. There was like, how are you, how is it going for you? Oh, it's mad, isn't it? Like, oh, this is our second December. And the chat was going from the start of the class. And I was like, I don't even want to run this class. I just want everyone to sit and to be here with their babies. 
and to sh- and to share and swap stories like this is why I created the idea of this daddy and me class like that's why I wanted them to be down with their little babies and um, and it was lovely and I'll I'll continue to run that for as many, as much as long as dads you know are available and want to come down with their little babies because I think it's really important that they get a space too and um, and they have something you know real to do from their baby and and daddy class they they come home and they can practice that and they can do that with their baby and yes do I slip in little snippets of what might make life a little bit smoother for everybody you know (laughs) give them ideas about going home of course I do and but in really like empowering and positive ways and um (laughs) good class it's good class and uh I I'm so delighted to bring dads into to to the group a little bit more as well I love I love can I just say that you're brainwashing the fathers of North County Dublin into being more There may be multiple massages booked or little bunches of flowers brought home or offers of more time with them and the baby so mom gets a bit more time. There may be, we may be. Maybe um, there is, maybe there is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Kathy, this was a lovely chat. I really enjoyed it. And I, I think that anyone who's listening who's, you know, pregnant, whether it's their first child, second child, third child, whatever number child, or mm-hmm. who is in or about to be in that kind of fourth trimester. I, I think it's it'll it'll really help people feel co- like feel that bit more confident about you know being in the driver's seat a little bit more about yeah. what's going to happen to them and not to have the fear but just to be prepared because yeah. you know and and kind of have an awareness that in a way anything can happen and um, so mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining me and I absolutely will put all of your contact details um onto social and all that kind of stuff so if anyone does want to get in touch about a class or just to chat they yeah. they can absolutely it's always open and thanks so much I, I thoroughly enjoyed these conversations when we're chatting about moms and babies and you know what we can do to better to better support them and just make things a little bit easier so thank you for having me thank you so much thank you so much for listening and to water wipes the number one baby wipe brand in ireland for their support their wipes are made with just two ingredients 99.9 percent water and a drop of fruit extract and they are plant-based and plastic-free. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe, rate, or if you have time, we'd love a review. You can share this episode across social and get in touch with me or this week's guest. Our handles will be on the Every Mom Instagram page. 